BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I would say maybe within the first two minutes of this episode, I completely fell in love with Grace Kaufman. She is so sweet. She's 19 years old, born and raised in Los Angeles, and she is definitely a fresh new face in Hollywood that we should be paying attention to. She's currently starring in a movie called The Sky is Everywhere, which is available on Apple TV, and is a story about a young girl named Lenny who navigates the loss of her eldest sister, Bailey, all while experiencing the joys of young adulthood and first love. For those of you who haven't heard of The Sky is Everywhere, it's actually a book that came out in 2010 and has a major cult following. It's one of those young adult books that is so beloved, actually to the point that when Grace went to audition for this role, she beat out hundreds of other actresses for the part. Grace and I sat down to talk about what it's like experiencing a breakout role at the young age of 19 and what she did to bring a beloved character to life. We also talk about growing up in LA, what it was like working on set with Cherry Jones and Jason Siegel, who played two of her family members, and the best acting tips that she learned on set. If you want to catch the skies everywhere, it is currently available now on Apple TV. I hope you guys love this episode. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcast and make sure you follow us, rate, and leave a review. Have an amazing week ahead, everyone. Here is my friend, Grace Kaufman. How are you? I'm so good. It's so nice to virtually meet you. I've been so looking forward to this. Oh, as have I. Honestly, I'm so glad that your name came in my inbox. It's really just so lovely to meet you. I know you too. This is actually my first time doing a podcast as well. I've never done a podcast before. Welcome. We're going to haze you. Thank you. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> I've actually had quite a few, few people recently that are like first time podcasters and it's very like, I, I'm honored to be the shepherd into the podcast world for them. I'm so happy that you're that for me too. I'm literally so overjoyed. Where are you right now? I'm in LA currently. I'm at home. I'm still living in my childhood house. It's been, I mean, COVID's just been like the, the most wild time and things have just been so confusing and so uncertain. So I'm still at home. I I graduated high school right when COVID started. I was in my senior year. So 
just yeah all the stuff with college and just working and everything has been just so crazy in this time so I'm in West Hollywood I was born and raised in this area and I've grown up in this house and yeah just being so central and stuck in the middle of LA has been just like an experience of its own I have a 20 year old sister and I really just what you're saying kind of resonates a lot I can't imagine how weird of a time being this age must have been going through COVID it's been bizarre. It still is. I mean, I think now there's been a lot of time to adjust to this kind of like new normal. So now I feel a lot more, I guess, as at ease as you can feel, I guess, just given the circumstances. But it was a shock. It was a shock. And it was, I think, being this age and, you know, having just social circles and friends being so vital to this time and just kind of having that taken away very suddenly was, it was really hard, really, really difficult to navigate through. Everything felt so uncertain and and just scary. And as a teenager, like, yeah, just a lot to take in. I I just think about being 20 and like what that formative time like was for me and, you know, being out and making new friends, going out and getting like jobs and kind of being out in the world. I think when I think of any age group that has been impacted the most by COVID, and especially for me as like a specific as specific as having a 20-year-old sister and seeing how that's impacted her life. And she was doing college from home and kind of missed out on that like whole, like, let's go out and make friends and do the college-y things and stuff like that. Um, I can imagine that it's it probably was super challenging, but you also got to do something very exciting. So I hope that that was the, the cherry on top of making things a little bit better. Definitely the cherry on top. The whole thing felt very bittersweet, but I, I, and you know, I was, very conflicted, you know, with it. But I I had this kind of just grounding talk with my dad where he just was so straight up with me and was just like, listen, I mean, would you rather give up this opportunity? He was like, because school's always going to be there, but this specific opportunity is not. He was like, no, if you want to go and just, you know, go be at school and go do that, that's totally fine too. But you have to think of what you're giving up also. And I was like, that's a really good point. I mean, I, I love what I do and I'm so passionate about it and I, I don't want to give it up because you're right, this opportunity, this specific opportunity will not, you know, come around again. So I'm going to, I'm going to take it and I'm going to seize it and make it the best it can be. And I'm, and I'm very happy that I did. Great life advice from your dad. Right. And it's just like, so it's just so simple, but it's just so, it's so just so true. And my dad is, he gives me those reminders a lot, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Just helps me uh, interpret situations and, and, you know, try to make the best out of them. I love that. I know both your parents are also in entertainment as well, which is so fun. I'm sure you guys have such a like theatrical fun household. Yes. Really, really young as well. (laughs) Yes, I did. I, I started, acting professionally when I was like about seven and I was did, not like, doing that when I was seven <laughs> it was mostly like theater I, I was super into musical theater my parents are both super into musical theater so I, I got started into that and I just like I loved it so much and felt so passionate about it from such a young age and, and kind of just imagine myself only doing that for my life I was like I'd be very satisfied if I just went through my life doing theater and getting to perform on stage I, I love it yeah there's just truly nothing like you know being in a theater and feeding off the energy of like the of the the audience it's it's like just so unparalleled but then I then I transitioned more into tv and film and it's been great just like finding that that balance because I have love for tv and film as well now and and I love that I'm able to to do all of it 
Okay, what is your all-time favorite show you've ever seen? Man, you know what? I think I think I'm gonna have to go with Hades Town, which is oh man, I recommend it fully. If you're ever interested or or and are wanting to check it out, you definitely should. It's it's okay. amazing. It's written or the the it's the creator of of the show is this woman, Anais Mitchell, and she's just like so inspiring. It's also it's just so cool to to just like see women's work in that space too. And I think that that's kind of the first thing that drew me to it. Plus it's like based off Greek mythology, which is really cool. Like I'm such a dork for that stuff. And I'm like, Ooh, like I'd be interested in checking this out, but it's so cool. Cause it's, it's, it feels very experimental and the music is kind of like jazzy and bluesy a little bit. And like, it has this like kind of new Orleans vibe to it. And I saw it for the first time a few years ago and like was just mind blown. And then I saw it again a couple months later and I actually cried harder the second time than the first time. And it was just like wow. this, this, right? Like, that's just so odd. And But it, it was just so right for me to be crying more the second time. It was just this, like, beautiful reminder, you know, that I'm, I'm just so grateful to be doing what I love and, you know, to get to see pieces like that are so inspiring and make me feel so passionate, like, all over again about, you know, acting just in as an art form. So the sky's everywhere must be something that really hit home for you because you, you play a musician and there's so much music and art and almost like fantasy to the movie. Yeah, that was um, it. genuinely one of the most special, just incredible, magical, wonderful, wildly exciting uh, experiences of, of my, you know, life thus far. And I just felt so grateful to get to be a part of a story like that because it's just so, it's so dynamic and it, it has all these different parts to it. Like all, all this, all this magic, all this music, all this joy and love, but also dealing with, you know, a little bit more darker and more intense themes of grief and loss. But I, I, I think what's so beautiful about it is that it, it kind of finds this duality and, and there's like this balance that flows really well. And uh, I don't think it, it feels super overwhelming, even though there is like an overwhelming amount of, of themes and feelings going on throughout the course of everything. But it was just, it was so exciting to get to be a part of a project like that, like just that really does deal with like everything. How did it first come to you? Did you read it when you were younger or was the script brought to you? Yeah, so I had heard of The Skies Everywhere, but I had never read it. I just knew the title and I sort of knew that it was a book, but I had never checked it out myself. And then I got the audition for it and started doing my research on it and was like, okay, I've heard of this before. Have I read it? No, I don't. So maybe I'm not as prepared as I should be, but uh, we'll just wing it and see what happens. And yeah, and then over the course of the audition process, the, the more I auditioned over the course of a couple of months, they eventually sent me the, the script and I, I read it to its entirety and it gave me a much better look into, into Lenny's journey and it helped me get to know her even more because I already felt like I was, I, was, I was finding her, you know, throughout the course of the audition process, but it really just helped me get, get her more and understand her feelings and, and I just... I felt for her and I felt like I just understood her off the bat and I, that I could personally relate to her. And I was just so moved by her story. Also just being a teenage girl and, and reading just, you know, about how hectic that time in your life can be, which I was literally living as through as well. So it just felt right. And it just felt so natural. And I, I read the script and then 
I got the part and then I read the book after I got the part. And it was really interesting getting to kind of compare and contrast the script with the book. And it was just so great that Jandy, you know, who wrote the the novel also wrote the screenplay because like that's just that story is her Very baby. Rare. Like, right, right. And yeah. it's her it's her vision. And it was so cool to see how she took, you know, certain elements of the book and incorporated them into the script, but also made it different, you know, like the, the, those elements of like kind of magical realism and, and imagery are so much more apparent in the script. And that just really deep look into Lenny's imagination was so fascinating to me and just, and so beautiful. So yeah, it, I know my, the order that I, I went in was a little wonky, like reading the script, then getting the part, then reading the book, <laughs> but it all felt very right. And I loved getting to just like compare the two. I heard through the grapevine that you beat out a very large number of other people auditioning for this role. Yeah, I, I wasn't even aware of that. I, I literally <laughs> You're like, I'm just like, blissfully unaware over I'm here. I'm blissfully unaware. Ignorance was just a bliss. Yeah, I think there was just COVID, honestly, just because this was I, I auditioned for it for the first time back in February of 2020, which feels like an eternity ago. And I think I was just so fixated on everything that was going on that, I mean, it was great to just get the opportunity to audition, but I kind of auditioned and then just put it out of my head and then, and then got another call and was like, oh, I guess they liked what I did. I basically just like word vomited into a camera. Uh, I guess that's what maybe they're looking for for Lenny. Cool. But I mean, yeah. And I think just, you know, learning that there were a lot of other really incredible talented young women who are also up for the part uh just makes me feel you know so grateful that that I you know was was chosen out of a a really wonderful group of very talented women it feels very surreal I appreciate the ignorance is bliss when I was younger I used to have to go and audition for like dance camps because I was a dancer growing up and I remember I'd walk into this room and there would be like lines and rooms of other people and it was the most intimidating, horrible thing ever. And I think it actually like it totally that totally messes up your ability to like actually perform. So I love I'll take ignorance as bliss any day. Any day. Totally. Right. It's intimidating. It's totally, totally intimidating. And you get in your head. And even though, you know, you can feel confident in your <laughs> ability for one second and then the next you're questioning it and you're just it's a slew of, of feelings. <laughs> My favorite saying right now for like the time that we live in is comparison is the thief of joy. And I really think that like, I think about that all the time. Mm. Just like, don't bring that into your ethos. Don't bring that into your energy because the second that you do, doing the thing that you love, the joy of that is gone because you're constantly matching yourself up to other people. And I'm sure that you, you probably didn't know it in the moment, but I'm sure that that was definitely with you because you were just doing your performance for the pure love of how you wanted to show up in that space and not worrying about like a thousand other people. Right. Exactly. I, I love that saying. I, I've never heard that before, but it's just, it's so true. I mean, yeah, especially in the day and age we, we live in where that's, you know, things are just plastered everywhere for people to see. And yeah. it's so easy to, to, to fall into that rabbit hole of, of comparison. And really you're just, you know, you're taking away from yourself and not appreciating, you know, you for you and what you have to offer, which is totally unique to you, you know? We'll be right back after a quick break. If you're a new dog parent, there is something that I'm going to share with you now that I promise will change everything. It's my Dick's Crate. As a fellow dog parent, it was my best kept secret when we got Bodie, and it's now his absolute favorite thing in the world. Let me tell you a little story. 
When I first got Bodhi, I was terrified. My boyfriend had gone out of town and it was the first night that I had alone with my puppy. I opened up the Dick's crate when it was time for bed and Bodhi crawled right in and slept for eight hours straight. If you're a dog parent, you know that this is absolutely unheard of, but that's how much dogs love the Revolve crate. When Dick CEO Zell adopted his rescue dog, he found there weren't very many high quality, well-designed products out there for her. He found a Diggs to give pet parents a better option. When buying a Diggs crate, your dog is getting the very best. Diggs Revolve Dog Crate is an attractive, collapsible dog crate that is so easy to set up, transport, and store. It literally takes me maybe under 15 seconds to break down Bodie's crate and the wheels make it incredibly easy to get from our house, to the car, to our next destination, all while bringing Bodie safe space with us wherever we go. All of their products are made by industry standard materials because our pets deserve it. They have a really special in-house team of designers that work to develop every product to the best it can be. Their products are designed with a safety first mindset, but they're also aesthetically pleasing. The Revolcrate is available in multiple colors and sizes to suit every home and pup. A year after getting Bodie, the crate is at the top of my must-have list for dog parents. So visit www.digs.pet and use code podcast20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's digs.pet, D-I-G-G-S dot P-E-T for 20% off your first order. Now let's get back to the show. I didn't have Instagram until I was a junior in high school, I think. That was like, oh man, junior. I know your, I knew your face was going to be like, I know. Wow. <laughs> that's so was, crazy. <laughs> I know. But like, I fully went through like middle school and half of high school without it. It wasn't a thing. And by the way, like it wasn't until I'd say like three or four years later when I was like halfway through college that it really became this like all of a sudden machine that people were really right. into. Like in the beginning, I think we were, I was like posting like my sushi at lunch or like something <laughs> random. Like, right. Um, But I I can't imagine being in, you know, your early 20s and having to deal with, you know, that saying we just said when you're younger and having that be so ever present in your lives and growing up with social media must be a a crazy thing. It's been really interesting growing up with that. I feel like there's kind of, I I mean, there's like this communal feeling, I think, with people uh, among among people my age, we kind of feel like the guinea pigs a little bit, you know, because we're like the first generation to have, right, to have grown up like as like children with, with, right. you know, these, these devices and this, this social media at, at our disposal, at our fingertips. So it's, it's really crazy to reflect on. And I think that social media can be a positive place in terms of, you know, like, it's really great getting to interact with people from everywhere who, you know, maybe if you didn't have that, you wouldn't have those connections, but totally. there's also a lot of, you know, toxicity and, 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 in in that people compare themselves to others all the time and it just results in them you know feeling bad and ashamed about themselves which is just so heartbreaking and i mean i've 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 felt that too so so many times but yeah it's it's such an interesting conversation and i think it's why i love acting so much as an art form because it's just it's really cool getting to play characters who are so like imperfect and you get to see like their flaws and their mistakes and uh, their vulnerability. And I really hope that, you know, people from all over the place and, and also specifically just like young women who are, you know, my age can, can find bits and pieces of themselves and, you know, maybe specific characters that I play in, in this, in the skies everywhere in Lenny, because that's just real. It's just, it's just the, the reality of, of, of being human. Yeah. 
I love that. That was a beautiful answer. And the sky is everywhere. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a, that it's a roller coaster of emotions. You have a a highs, lows. I would love for people to hear the synopsis through your lens. Mm, Just like the general kind of story synopsis. Yes. I always like to do that for people who haven't seen the movie and are just meeting you to kind of get a, like, what is the movie about through your lens? Totally. Yes. I'll try to do it without- No spoilers. Spoiling. Yeah, of course. (laughs) We don't want to do that without spoiling. No spoilers. Um, No spoilers. Basically, I mean, how I kind of, how I would put it in my own words is it's a story. it's, It's a coming of age story about a young woman who is a musician and- it's about her journey in finding herself and how the people around her influence her. She's navigating through her first love, you know, like coming to terms with what that feels like and also navigating through the the loss of her older sister and best friend, Bailey, who dies, you know, very tragically and, and suddenly and, is, and then is just gone. And there's this line in the movie that is genuinely, I think, my favorite that Lenny says where she she says, you know, recently I've learned that that the most terrible thing you can imagine in life can happen at any time. You know, but I've also learned that the absolute best thing you can imagine in life can happen at any time, too. And it really is true. I mean, life is so precious and it's just so important to be present for it, you know, and, and that's what I think the film is. You know, that's why I think it's so beautiful, because even though it does explore these, you know, these darker, intense themes of grief and loss and, and pain, which are just the worst things you can go through as, as a human, like just, I think the most sad things. It's also a celebration of life and, and being about your joy and, and, you know, finding reasons to stay joyful and to live, you know, life to its fullest. This book has such a fandom around it. And I was actually thinking <laughs> about, I love hearing what you just said, because I was thinking about it this morning, where it does have this like big community of people that loved it and are so excited for this movie to come out. But when I think back to, you know, young adult books that really impacted me growing up, I think of like of the Twilight era. Like I was like a Twilight kid. Yes, I love it. I have such a, oh my God, just very, very strong memory, like sitting on this little like couch in my bedroom and like going through the books in a weekend. Like I was fixated. I think about a lot of young adult books that I see kind of skyrocket today that really captivate people. And they're so different than what they were. You know, mine was so a make-believe world. Like it took me to another place. (laughs) But I do, I really, really love to see books that have so much to do with real human experiences and emotions and really complex subject matter, such as, you know, like the death of your sister and love and family and healing from grief that, you know, may have existed in, in, in twilight in some capacity, but this is a way more real situation. And I, I just, I think that there's a really thoughtful evolution there that I'm makes me not excited, but I really enjoy seeing such a cult following around books like this that really move people. Mm, Yeah, no, it's so inspiring too. And I love that it gets people talking and and I I also really hope that it can just like spark up those conversations that maybe are uncomfortable and right. you know and vulnerable too you know and I because I, I think just 
being more open with each other and honest about our feelings and just, you know, supporting one another through those things are just are vital. And I feel like there needs to be more of that just kind of in general, you know, so you got to work with like, the coolest cast ever. (laughs) I did. So grateful. (laughs) I'm a massive Cherry Jones fan. Yes. Like I love her so much. I met her I think I was in college still, maybe about to graduate. And I was doing, I had just started journalism. I had just started writing and and, um, publishing work. And I went to Toronto. I was on set for The Handmaid's Tale and I was interviewing cast on the set. And I, the like bulk of my piece for that was actually meeting with their costume designer who at the time was Anne Crabtree and doing like a deep dive into like the methodology and like thought process behind how she was designing costumes, I believe for season two. And I walk in and I think this was this was the season obviously that Cherry Jones was in. And I walk in and she's just sitting there like in her full, full outfit. Like she had like lace oh, boots on and she was just so cool. And I remember being like, hi. I was so shy, but was just so like immediate. I remember being very shy, but then she has such like a disarming presence almost. She feels, she has such like a maternal presence to her that I remember just feeling so like, I kind of like sunk into my body in that moment and was like, oh, like, okay, let's talk. And I totally. ended up getting to interview totally. her. She so She was so gracious oh, with her time. She like, let you know, let me talk to her while we were there. And she is just so cool. So cool. <laughs> such a badass she's yeah she's amazing yeah getting getting to work with her was just I mean genuinely one of the greatest experiences because she's somebody as well that I just admire so much as 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 an actor as a woman and she's just I mean so immensely talented and someone who's just so respected in her craft and I learned so much from her I think for for all of us for all of the 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 young cast members she just was this total like maternal presence who everybody just so looked up to and she really was like this mama duck and we were all like the little baby ducklings and we would just like follow her around and be like cherry like literally great analogy for her she was just so welcoming to all of us too like on, on the weekends we'd all go do stuff together we'd all go on like walks and she invited us over to her house and ordered us pizza on her last night like all the cast that's so cute all the so cute. She was like totally like this grandmother figure to to all of us. And it was so special. And just getting to film scenes with her just made me feel so incredibly present. And specifically the scene where Lenny and Graham kind of have this confrontation, but the confrontation, you know, kind of turns into this this moment of of mutual understanding and I think Lenny just really seeing Graham for for what she's been going through throughout the course of the movie that she hasn't recognized but is seeing now uh, was such an incredible moment because Cherry just has this ability to, to, to make you feel so present in what you're doing and just so in it and, and so joyful and, and grief stricken and, and just everything, all the emotions like swirling together. And genuinely, like I forgot the camera was there. Like, it, we were, she was just my, my gram and we were just talking and laughing and crying and holding each other. And that was just it. And I t- like everything else just fully dissipated, which was just so special. And there were a lot of moments like that on set where I, I fully forgot that we were making a movie because it just felt so real. We'll be right back after a quick break. 
I have felt the world of a difference since taking Ritual multivitamins, and I have a code for anyone who wants to join in on my favorite healthy habit. Did you know that over 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet, and 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Those gaps in the diet should definitely not be ignored, which is why I love taking Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin every morning. It was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diet of women ages 18 plus. It's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. It's actually so good that they invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 plus multivitamin. The results? Essential for Women 18 plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. The clinical study was published in leading scientific journal, Frontiers in Nutrition, and a published clinical study is a huge deal and a serious commitment to a first-of-its-kind standard in the industry. Ritual is committed to third-party testing from USP and the non-GMO project, traceable and vegan-friendly ingredients, and always clear communication. No shady stuff or things that I just can't pronounce. It's my all-in-one vitamin that lets me know my body is getting all the nutrients it needs. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off on your first three months. Visit ritual.com backslash friend and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com backslash friend. Now let's get back to the show. Jason Siegel plays your dad, right? Jason plays my uncle. Basically uncle, like, okay, like okay. my dad. Like dad figure too. Totally. Yeah. I mean, for a role that feels like a major breakout role for you, it must feel really incredible to be able to work with two Hollywood legends. Seriously. Seriously. It was, it, I was, you know, so nervous going into it, but they're both just the most down to earth, chill, sweet people. They're just, they're just people. And it was like, it was like crazy for me to like have that realization of that. I'm like, wow, you guys are just like people, like just I mean, people. And I can just, and I get to talk to you and what, what, like just kind of blew my mind a little, but yeah, Jason just, you know, and Cherry alike are both so wonderful. And Jason is so hilarious. Like just genuinely one of the funniest people I've, I've ever encountered. I have such a crazy crush on him. <laughs> Like I have a full on crush on him. He, doesn't he like live like on an orange grove in Ojai or like somewhere? He literally lives on an orange grove, literally in Ojai and was no, like I'm, sh- I'm, showing us pictures of his oranges. Kryptonite. <laughs> like, for me, it's like, oh, he's like, oh yeah, I live on a farm. I live in like a farm town in Northern California. I'm like grabbing every chair I possibly can. Like, <laughs> like, you're like planting myself on the ground. I'm like, okay, do not faint. Do not faint. Do not Olivia. faint. It's fine. Do not yeah, faint. No, I remember watching... Oh God, he was on some late night show along like during COVID. He was just, I think the the host was like, what have you been doing during COVID? And he's like, oh, I've just been walking 10 miles a day. Like, you know, just walking through the groves, walking through the forests. And I'm just like, <laughs> absolutely same. <laughs> absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Oh, I love man. that. Is there anything yeah. from, I mean, I would imagine being on set with both of them. Like I would be a sponge. Is there anything you took away from working with two of the most incredible people in the industry? Yeah. I mean, I think it was, it was so, it was just beautiful to just see how humble they were. And like, you know, in the back of my head, I always had the thought of like, you know, they're just so respected. They've done such amazing work. And I'm, I, you know, I feel so lucky to just get to, to be in their presence. But I mean, at the root of everything else, like, you know, they didn't really show it. 
it was just like them just being there and being present with all of us and just being so kind and and funny and it was it, it was so special uh and I will never forget the the very first day of filming, Jason and I had a scene together. It was the very first scene up on the very first day of filming for the movie. And I was I was so nervous because I was just like, okay, it's the first day of, of the rest of, you know, the next couple months. Oh man, I hope it goes smoothly. I hope I don't mess up. Oh, just totally getting in my head. And um, he just made me feel so comfortable and like just so at ease and made me laugh and you know just like kept everything so lighthearted and just was this reminder for me to just you know be present with it all and that it's all going to be okay and to just enjoy it while it's while it's happening and he told me some just really funny stories about his experiences and and stories about experiences of friends of his who are also actors and how he got started in the industry and it was just it was so cool just hearing him open up about that stuff and getting to learn more about him and his his past. So I'm also just so grateful for that day. And yeah, I was totally like a sponge, just fully absorbing like everything that they were offering. I was like, anything you have to say, I'm just going to like, I'm, I'm, I'm soaking it in. <laughs> I totally get that. With people about to see the movie everywhere, what is... If there's one thing that you can tell viewers now that you hope that they take away from it, what is it? I really hope that I really hope that audiences can relate in 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 one way or another to the experiences that that take place in the movie. And and just to the the characters in general, I hope that people can maybe see see pieces of themselves in in these different characters who kind of embody different emotions and different feelings throughout the course of of the film. But what's so beautiful about it is that it's totally up for interpretation. And since there are so many themes, I really hope that people can just kind of like apply it to their own unique experiences that are just, you know, unique to them. And yeah, that's just what's so cool because it it just again deals with themes that are so are so real and that everybody goes through. So I hope people can find comfort in it. I hope People can find hope in it, and I hope that and, and I've used the word hope a lot. And I and I hope that um, you know people can understand the depths of grief, but or maybe try to tap into the depths of grief that are explored, but also you know see it as a celebration of life too, and that there can be a balance there. So yeah, and I also just hope people like it. <laughs> I really hope people enjoy it. I have no doubt. Before I let you go, I have to ask you, you have some like very, very cool art on the back wall behind you. And I need to ask what it is because this whole time I've been like, what? Like, this is so like, there's, there's literally behind her right now. There's a whole wall of what looks like hand, like things that maybe your family have painted over time. Or like, I, I'm, it's a whole wall of like really, really beautiful art. I, I need the story here. It's One a of them looks huge like Santa. display. It, that is Santa. That is Santa <laughs> raising his arm. This was my mom's quarantine project. No she way. Took, yes, she took all the art that my brother and I had done just in elementary and, and like middle school <laughs> in art class. And I always just kind of assumed that we'd be like, oh, mom, like, look at my my drawing or my painting. And she'd be like, oh, this is great, honey. And then like toss it. But she she kept <laughs> she kept everything or a lot of stuff. 
she made this whole really cool collage and it's it's a it's a bit overwhelming there's a lot happening no, I love but it, it is cool just having all these colors around especially um, in her yeah and home. I've been right and yeah. it, exactly it and it's in a space like this kind of loft hangout room where my brother and I hang out a lot so it is very nostalgic I think for the two of us and I've been doing press like set up in this area and so all these have been in the background and my That's mom really was special. so pumped about that but it really special. really special. My brother yeah. wasn't. He was very quick to be like, are you kidding? And like, you are not doing that up there. I do not want my stuff in the background. I, I was mean, like, it's fine. I, it's cute. <laughs> I love it. I think it's very cool. I actually thought that like, I couldn't tell if it was like, these are just like maybe little things that you guys have like gotten throughout life. Or I had a feeling it was things you had painted, but I was not painting things. That looked that, art. <laughs> they look really nice. Like you guys look very talented. Oh, well, thank you. From a distance. Definitely. <laughs> I think the more closer up you get, maybe less, but I appreciate I'll take it from that. A distance. I'm so happy that you like it. I take it from a distance. We'll just say they look really, really, really great. <laughs> we were child prodigies in, in art class. <laughs> oh, yeah. Grace, it was really lovely getting to chat with you. Congratulations on oh, this you movie. Too. What like a momentous occasion for you. I'm so happy that we got to chat about it here and thank you for coming on. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Me too. This was such a, such a treat. Thank you so much for talking with me. And I, I loved being on here and it was so great to, to meet you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.